0: to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios live at the Decoy and your favorite drive-time sports talk The Killer Bees. Here they are Joel and Jeremy
1: Hey, one of the books, two to go second hour of the show. It is The Killer Bees Jeremy's out today, back tomorrow but we are lucky enough to have my good friend Barry Lamanac in with me here at the decoy. If you want to stop by, I-10 Bunker Hill area, great place to hang out. Waitstaff staff and the people here are absolutely over the fantastic. top, friendly, and fantastic. And it's a great place to watch sports, have some fun, play some volleyball, some cornhole. And we'll, as we keep telling you about, lots of stuff going on. Over the course of the weekend as well, doctor on Drayon290 is here, only it's I-10. Uh, Crystal Collins just walked in. Chewy is here. What? Oh, the family's all back together. It's fantastic. Uh, but right now joining us, another member of the family who had a hell of a year for us, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee, always great to have you. It's been a while. Love catching back up with you. How is everything going, my man? And are you going through any kind of withdrawals with football season <laughs> winding down?
2: Yeah, i got to be honest with you. There's, there's a slight with <laughs> Withdraw after watching football nonstop every Saturday and Sunday. College basketball and the NBA can mm, kind of fill the void after March Madness. I mean, it's rough. It is rough. I just—I mean, I do baseball, and I have two other guys in my office help me with baseball. It's just tough making it through from the end of March all the way through uh, probably early early to mid-August so do what we got to do right
1: no doubt you got to survive right I mean
2: and how you had to have at least a week withdrawal after the after the Texan seasons correct yeah that they had? No.
1: yeah you know but the thing with it Lee was is the fact that they overachieved and did so much so soon
2: right that people
1: right. yeah that week grace you just period, don't want least, it to end
2: that's I right. mean, it's just so much fun
1: now, from an outsider's perspective, and you obviously being an ex-quarterback, too, watching what Stroud did all year, and even though they got a first-place schedule next year, any reason to believe that this team isn't going to continue to get better and better?
2: Oh, when you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance every game. So, they can just draft uh, and put the right pieces around him. Now they know what his skill set is. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean. <laughs> I'd love to be there. Hey, oh, if you want two, we'll give you two for for first round straight up.
1: No, I think we're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Pass, okay. Yeah,
1: and, well, and that's what Barry said. Pass, which was mean, which would mean that's something he struggles with down the field sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think we're yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So catch us up a little bit because you had a great year. We knew that we were riding the train and having a lot of fun, and a lot of people were getting winners throughout the year. Yeah. But you guys kicked some ass. You had a lot of great success during the football season. And now you got the big game, the biggest biggest game of all coming up on Sunday.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, even though it has been probably, this is our 30th year, probably one of the top three or four years that we've ever had, you lose the Super Bowl. I, I, I'll never forget this. So it was probably my fourth or fifth year in business. And no one hit 70, 75%. We hit about 61%. Almost every close game went our way. That's almost two out of every three the entire year. And I had two people, after I lost the Super Bowl, told me I lost some money for the year.
1: <laughs> well, that's their dumbass for betting too much on one that's
2: day. That's just the way people are. You know, they remember what you did last. The average person is going to play three, four, five times the normal amount on a Super Bowl, and then they'll play a bunch of prop plays. So anyone who tells you in my business the Super Bowl isn't important, they're lying to you.
1: Yeah, and you fall victim to what we fall victim all the time of. That I always say is the Janet Jackson philosophy, which is, "What have you done for me lately?" And they don't give right. a rat's ass about your overall success for the year.
2: Right. So, so let's, tell us now. Let's, I'm let's, curious. Let's put I'm, let's put out some fun props, yep. some player props, and and then the game, and let's see if we can. Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask Like some money.
1: Obviously, it used to be just seriously some kind of like fun and game one offs with props. But there's money to
2: props. be made on these
1: props bets. Is
2: there not? Oh, because there's 580 of them. So you can study these props, and you can find some weaknesses. So let's start before the game. Yep. National Anthem. This is what my daughter does. She is a professional actress. She sang in the last year the Orange Bowl and National Anthem for the Bears, and she's hit it nine straight years. So here's what she says, and there's been three of the last five years have gone over two minutes. She loves Reba McIntyre. She says she's a storyteller. But she said that she is uncomfortable now hitting the top notes. My daughter sings it, she said, in a D. She starts in a D. Reba, there's so much out there. There's like 22 national anthems from 1976 through recently. And 20 to 22, she went under a minute and a half. In the 80s, she started on a C. In the 90s, on a B. Since 2010, she starts it on an A, and she said her dropping of the starting note makes sense over the 40 years she sang it. It's a testament to her being able to sustain the duration as long as she has in these earlier anthems. But she's not going to go out of her comfort zone. She's not just because it's a national anthem. She feels going to sing it in like a minute 40, minute 50 in 97 and 99, when she sang it in the World Series, she was under that number. So she feels it's going to go under 90 and a half total seconds.
1: Ooh, wow. Yeah. This is under- an exact science that people don't get anywhere else. Breaking down the freaking them. anthem, people. Yeah, and and like what note it
2: starts with? That's good stuff, Lee.
3: Hey, how much... Yeah, because you, you, how,
2: you can't start... She said you can't start on an A and end on a C or D. So... Uh, well, you just um, described
3: my high you know, school, but that's
2: okay. my was all four right. years. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and, and here's another one—a uh, uh, a fun prop here. Everyone, there's like thirty-something prop plays with Taylor Swift. Now, I'm not going to bet on it. is she going to hug, you know, Travis Kelsey's mom if there's a touchdown, but there is one, and there is some some history on these type of props. When Peyton Manning or Eli Manning have played the game, they always have these props like, will they show uh, when Peyton is playing, will they show Eli how many times? And they'll put it at like two and a half, and they'll show it once. I think unless he has a big catch or a touchdown, I think they're going to limit how many times they're going to show her. I think they're going to show her two, three, four times tops. I think this number is really juiced. Will go under five and a half appearances from the start till the end of the game. Doesn't include after the game is over. So feel that's a pretty strong one. Got a player prop here uh, for 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 each of the two teams. Debo Samuel. Now he has not run much as of late because he's been injured. You know, until they got to the playoffs, the games weren't that important. I think they're going to run him three, four, five times, and he is so dynamic. He can run for over 14, 15 yards on one carry alone. So I like Debo Samuel, over 13.5 rushing yards. Brock Purdy, quarterback for San Francisco, not one quarterback, not one. in the 17 regular season games or the postseason, three postseason games, has thrown for over 260 yards on this uh this Kansas City defense. I think San Francisco is going to try to control the ball and the clock. And he did throw over 250 yards in both of the playoff games, but didn't approach 300, and they were trailing early and often in both games. I think he's going to go under 247 and a half passing yards and a couple for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, I like the under 35 and a half yards for the longest completion. And Travis Kelsey over seventy and a half receiving yards. I think he'll fly over that number. He's going to probably catch seven, eight, nine balls again.
1: Lee, tell tell everybody if they want more of this because who wouldn't? I mean, especially with the chance that to cash in, and like you said, people are looking to you know either cut their losses or keep on the winning, and they got one big game to do it. Tell them how they reach
2: you and how they get connected with you to get all this well, information. We have won seven of the last ten Super Bowls. You want to get the game and our top. 15 prop plays, just $97. ParamountSports.com. Also, we're going to give away the free uh, UFC card this weekend for fight night on Saturday night. We normally sell five to seven selections. We only found three real strong selections. You want to get our UFC card for free, just go to ParamountSports.com on the home page. Scroll down where it says free pick, sign up, put in your email. We'll email that to you Friday night. Just one place, ParamountSports.com.
1: Lee, we always appreciate you. it been a great year with you. Uh, keep knocking them dead and uh, kicking ass taking names, and we will catch up real soon.
2: Sounds good. Let's, uh, let's reconvene. How about the Tuesday before March Madness? Okay.
1: Tuesday for Marvin Madness. Joe George, mark that down. All right. Uh, okay. Lee, we appreciate you, man. All right, we're going to keep moving on. Let's get some Astros conversation. We talked about it a little bit. We teased it a little bit for you. Now let's get into it in in, in depth. Uh, you got Altuve locked up for life. That's exactly what everybody wanted to do. What's next for this Astros team? Are you more concerned with the three that are coming down the road, or would you rather concentrate now as, as Dana Brown and Jim, and, uh, Jim Crane? on what's left to be done for this season to give this team every resource to possibly win another one. More of the Killer Bees coming up next, ESPN 97.5, 92.5 FM. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you again about the Daisy Dips because if you dip, we dip, we all dip, and you can dip for the Super Bowl because of the fact that you don't have to make the dip. You just have to go buy the dip. Go to your local grocery store right now, get you some Daisy Dips. Chewy was asking me just a few minutes ago, how do you jazz it up so that you taste great? You don't have to because the French onion, the ranch, it's already done. It tastes great. Yeah, if you want to add a little of your favorite hot sauce on the side, you can do that, but why would you? Because it's Daisy. They do the dips better than anybody else, and you don't have to do any work. Just go to your local grocery store store go to the uh, the dairy aisle get you a couple of tubs of that daisy dips it makes everything you're going to serve for your big party even better for the big game coming up put it on your pizza put it on your wings your veggies and your potato chips you're going to love it all the time all you got to do is go to your grocery store get you some daisy dips
0: Killer Bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. All right, we're back on
1: the Killer Bees. Jeremy out today, Barry Laminak in as we have another bee in the hive. As well as Joe George back in the studio and Andrew Carlson here with me at the decoy. If you guys want to stop by the decoy, we love this place. I-10 Bunker Hill area. Come on in. Stop on by. It's a regular 21 and older bar, but it's got volleyball and cornhole outside. And it's got one corn dog inside named Barry Laminek. That'll tell you jokes till 7 o'clock. Even when we're off at 6, Chewy's here playing video games while lying to us and telling us he's listening. (laughs) Dre and Crystal Collins are outside playing one-on-one cornhole. And we are here to talk Astros. Uh, Look, we talked about this uh teased it the Altuve signing was big yeah we actually started a show the other day wondering if he was actually going to sign and when they were going to talk by the end of the show Joe was breaking news at 5 30 that they actually got the deal done people are happy but now what's going to make them happier because the follow-up conversation everybody's been having is when are what's next does this mean you're going to go sign Bregman and Fromber and Tucker or is this a sign and what do you want them to do would you rather have them go, okay, yeah, those things are coming down the pike, but the main thing we need to do is make sure this team has everything it needs, getting ready for this season. Let's go out and see what we need to still do for this team for this year.
3: Yeah, I look, it's, it, there's a lot of layers to this Astros onion, right? First, if you look at what Jim Crane said after signing – jose altuve he was like yeah we're we're gonna talk to bregman and see what we can figure out and then we're gonna we'll just watch tucker play for the next couple years and see how that goes and it's like wait what you're just gonna watch tucker play like that that to me that's a that's a game of chicken you don't want to play with kyle tucker um and and then the fact that bregman and scott boris has already come out and said bregman is going to enjoy free agency in other words he's going to see it through to the end and get offers from everybody and you got that great deal from jose altuve but alex bregman is a couple years younger than jose altuve and he is going to go to free agency yes we'll listen to any offer the astros have um so that's scary and that's that's why i say if the mindset is we're going to work on bregman and we'll ignore tucker until later Better be careful, right, because you might want to be working on Tucker and keeping in mind or having a number for Alex Bregman, but I think the target long-term has to be Tucker because I can easily see Alex Bregman going the way of of Carlos Correa and leaving for more
1: He has two years left before you absolutely have to do something, right? (laughs) So I think that to me, when I look at it, the one thing that was obvious was Boris basically drew a line in the sand and said, Altuve is a sweetheart deal.
3: No, Bregman's on his last year. No, I'm
1: not talking about Bregman. You are talking about Tucker. Oh
3: yeah, Tucker's got two years. Right. So you of don't. You don't you, there's
1: no sense of urgency with Tucker. But but the thing with me is, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit. I believe that he made the statement that covers his ass. We're at a certain point. We're going to make Bregman an offer. But all that's going to really do is make sure that if he signs somewhere else, especially if it's for more money, that he can say, hey, look, we tried. We made him what we thought was a very fair offer, and he decided that he, he wanted to go somewhere else. You know, so-and-so paid him the money. We wish him the best. He was great here. He's just covering his butt because I don't think – I think he's going. Bregman is going to be treated just like they treated Correa and Springer and everybody else. We hope he has a hell of a year. We hope that he's right in betting on himself. We're going to ride this thing out at the end of the season will participate in free agency with him but i think it's with the expectation he's going to play elsewhere i forget who it was that wrote it but it's
3: it's 100% true jim crane has never like that's why the hater signing was so crazy is that's not that's not been jim crane's right. mo since he's on the astros and they the, whoever was writing this i don't know if it was i don't remember who it was uh, Chandler rome or keith law <laughs>
0: Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios live at the decoy and your favorite drive-time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy.
1: Once again, the hot air of Barry Lamanek has knocked us off okay. the
0: air, but we are
1: back now, so finish your, your thought. Uh, I was just saying that somebody was
3: writing about the fact that Jim Crane doesn't do big deals like that. He doesn't he – doesn't, he's not going to be the Dodgers – and just give ungodly amounts of money and make crazy deals. He likes five-year deals. He pays pretty fairly, but that's about it. He's not going to get locked up long-term. And so if if you know that Scott Boris and Alex Bregman are looking for max money, max deals, he's going to be 30 when the season starts, Bregman is. So you get, a, you get a five-year deal, you go to 35, skills start to decline. But if I can lock up an eight-, nine-, ten-year deal now at 30, I'm good to go. That's the scary thing when, yeah, you've got two years left on Kyle Tucker, but remember, man, arbitration does serious damage sometimes to some of these relationships with teams. The Masters have done pretty good at managing that, but look at the Blue Jays. They just had to pay Vlad uh, 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 Guerrero Jr. Nice.
1: whatever so he something. asked, like
3: yep. $19.1 million, which is what he was asking, and he got a little upset. Now, he knows that's the business, but that's a risk you take in alienating players through arbitration so do you want to lose Alex Bregman and then run the risk See, of losing but Kyle Jeremy Tucker? And I have had
1: this back and forth because Jeremy is not one to ever consider feelings in the mix it's just if he's going to get his bag he's going to get Jeremy his bag Jeremy doesn't have feelings he's dead inside so I get that okay but the, you know fair point but what but the biggest thing is is the fact that he believes that if someone's going to give him a bag they're going to give him a bag regardless right and you, you, feelings aside you're still going to get what you're going to go after and want to get and if someone's going to give it to you you'll forget the feelings I don't think in the case of, of Bregman or Tucker that it's going to hurt their feelings because, especially with Tucker, he's going to get paid one way or the other. He's going to get his bag. I just think that it's down the road enough that I'm not really worried about him right now. Like, it, the Bregman situation to me plays out just like everybody else has, and then he probably plays somewhere else a year from now. So the best thing you can do is, and if you want to make it tough or if you really want to talk about emotions that could play into this, Go win another one. Because if you win another one, Bregman might say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I can get some, I can maybe get some extra coin here or there. But I really love or at least give them the fondest of memories and give everybody the fact that if they walk away from Bregman, it's a lot easier to walk away when you win a World Series than it is if you don't. So my big thing would be focus on the now. Focus on the fact that if you are Jim Crane and doing things that you weren't otherwise willing to do, not you knew you were going to do the Altuve deal. Right. But the Hader deal, you're right, came out of left field, surprised the hell out of everybody, but it fired everybody up. It also set unrealistic expectations that fans said, well, now that you did that, why don't you do this and do this and do this? You don't have to worry about anybody pressing except for Bregman. And if you're already in your mind set in the fact that I'm going to do with Bregman what I did with the other guys and there will be a time for this, then focus on one more bat. Focus on the fact that Dana came out and said, Jordan and the Astros said, Jordan's going to play more left field this year. If Jordan's going to play more left field this year, that means that you could add a bat that doesn't have to necessarily be you know, majority outfielder. Like some of the guys when they said they wanted a left-handed bat. There are DHs to be had for 6 ten million $7, $10 million that makes this team substantially better offensively if Jordan's going to be in the outfield a lot. I would say right now, I'm done for right now. I, except for the fact that I'm looking to still try to improve this team this year.
3: Yeah, if you don't think you can get it done with Bregman, then I, I would agree with you. Just let it play out. But I... I I feel like if if you're serious about because remember Crane had the saying and you know I, I Jerome and I got into a fight about this on a uh, game on but I, yeah, I'm a I'm a Windows guy hey you got a window of X right Jerome like there's no Windows in sports well there kinda is right but Jim Crane came out and said there's no window as long as I own this team so he says he's committed to winning it feels like so far you really can't doubt what he's done as far as the contracts that he signed and the way he's handled things. He's proven he'll go out and get big names at the trade deadline and add stars as needed, but he
1: won't spend foolishly, which I don't, I don't blame him, and I, I kind of like that. Well, if you look at what he's walked away from, for the most part, yeah, with the exception of Cole and the fact that the jury's still up, but he was going to New York no matter what because that was his dream. Yeah, The guys he walked away from, I think he's shown that he made the right move. Springer, Correa, they, yeah. those were the right move. Yeah, Keichel
3: uh you know these are guys that he was like well well you know these were you were great at the time but they moved on and uh, so it just it it worries me that now you've got to go out and find a third baseman but you've also and not you're not just replacing the bat with alex bregman you're replacing well, one of glove. the best defensive third baseman in baseball at the same time it's he's elite i mean he's a top three top four third baseman that's tough to come by and if you look at the astros farm system they have zero guys in the top 100. They had the 100th uh, ranked uh, uh, guy in the farm system, and they traded him for the Verlander deal. So you don't have, at least prospect wise, somebody in the pipeline like you did with Jeremy Pena to replace Carlos Correa. Now, you didn't replace uh, 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 Springer when he left, but Tucker was kind of that replacement in a yeah, way in the outfield. He, he, what do you do, though? Down. Now, yeah. you, maybe you, okay, you're going to be without a uh, 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 a Abreu's use contract, so you know Verlander probably retires in the next year or so. Uh, maybe I don't know, he might pitch till he's, he's chasing 50. numbers now. He might be pitched till he's 50, but yeah. now you, yeah, maybe you go out and get another star third baseman. I don't know, but that is a concern and it's a real one because of the pipeline.
1: Joseph, you want to chime in on this?
4: Yeah, know I definitely think what you guys are saying is pretty spot on here with like with Bregman. I I don't expect Bregman to be back. I, I think it's going to be like you said, Joel. It's going to be kind of a well, we did our best. We gave we offered him an extension. It'll be more than you know what Springer got, but that's why it's very similar to me to like what with what Carlos was. And the thing with Bregman that's so different is he doesn't have all the injury stuff that Correa had. So he's going to get a real contract from another team, unlike what with Correa was dealing with. So. I, I tend to agree. Like I, I would like to see them. I mean, I think the idea of Jordan playing in left more is flawed. Like I, I don't think that's a good decision. It's gonna help me win a bet. It is gonna help me. Was over fifty games in left yep. field is what you yep. and Jeremy have. Yep. You know, I I don't hate the only the only positive I can think of like where you don't have to add a bat. When we talked yesterday about Jose Altuve and like him chasing three thousand hits and like, do you start kind of. You know, watching his wear and tear, because you have Mauricio Dubon, I think you could do a lot of games where like Jordan's in left and Altuve's your DH and Dubon, and Dubon is could, your second baseman. Like, is that I, a good
1: enough upgrade offensively?
4: I don't know. I, don't, I mean, because I don't expect
1: so, – do, does any of us expect Dubon to do uh, have another season? He had, a, he had a career year last year. Yeah.
4: I mean, his uh, career year got him three and a half million dollars in arbitrations. Like it's not right. like he's this like massively talented player. I would love for them to go get Jorge Soler still, and like the longer.
1: Love it, but what about JD Martinez? If it's a DH type position, you add a, a, a steady steady bat. Well, no, you
3: would have to you would have to have somebody to play for in Altuve's stead because you're going to be arresting him in DH. But you have so- you have Dubon. Well, but, but I'm I saying was-
1: if you were going to add another bat. Oh, You could add someone that's more primarily DH than you would. And Joe's right. Look, I think that even when you look at what Correa did and and, and where Correa ended up, Correa was a guy that, you know, he was steady, he didn't fall off, but Correa was never going to be a guy that you're going to look back and go, "I, I we miss him or, or we needed him. But I think for this season, if you don't necessarily have to have the outfielder per se because Jordan's going to play left, which I love because then Chaz plays center, is Dubon okay in the three and a half you spent that he's going to play second and Altuve is going to DH? Or would it be better suited to get one more bat on this roster?
4: No, I, I think adding another bat makes sense because whether it's, you know, Altuve at DH or Diaz is DHing and Caratini's catching or Caratini's your DH uh, or even Abreu's your DH and someone else is playing first. Like, I, I what I don't want is a lot of John Singleton. Like, I, I don't, I don't I would, need that. Oh it was gosh, a fun story, but like, I don't need that every day. I
1: will actually curse on air if you bring up John. Cena. Oh, yes, yeah, your please guy. Please don't do that. But cabbage, I
3: there, that makes look, no I sense.
1: I mean, I don't need any more bad gas. I don't need cabbage in my diet. Yeah, he's the I, white yeah, Johnson. Yeah, I don't that's, need that's cabbage all either. either. He is. Like, I, I from that standpoint alone, Joe, I, I really believe. Look, I, I'm, I'm look. I've said this all along. I wanted him to get at least one relief pitcher. Obviously, I didn't think they were going to go big game hunting like they did to get Hader. but and I also thought that they needed to get one more bat. It's easier to get that bat because it, the specifics aren't you have to be able to play the outfield and the outfield at Minute Made and the, you know, do the kind of things that we were thinking about if Jordan was your DH. You have options, but I still would like them to add one more stick, not sticking Altuve at DH and Dubon at second. Let me ask you this. Um, I'm looking at a spot track. Alex Bregman's market value, would you do this
3: deal, Joe? Joel, would you guys do this deal? His market value, according to statistically what he ranks with other players like – and their contracts, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Correa, Manny Machado, and Mookie Betts. That's where he, that's the range that's that they have him in. His market value is nine years, $286 million, which is $31.8 million a year. I'm out. Would you do that for
1: nine years? I'm out. I'm one, Jim I'm, Crane a, I'm ain't out doing on that. Crane ain't doing the nine no matter what. I'm out at Bregman at 30 because the one thing, unlike some of the guys that you guys were mentioning, too, is the fact that Bregman has been been inconsistent yeah we always talk about what a great eye he has at the plate but even he was starting to get quirky and experiment with things because his hitting was up and down and up and down those guys you're talking about they don't have those those big gaps up and down like he didn't have when he was younger I I think mentally he broke after the cheating scandal and the hate and uh that that
3: I think it affected him it felt like I, I don't know maybe there was something else going on I'm just spitballing here. But yeah, you're right. If if something like that broke you, um, you
1: know I don't know. In uh, nine years. I don't know now. what it was. Yeah, nine years is a lot. Right, we got to get to a break. we got bad take Boulevard on the other side. You know how we do it on Thursday. So that's coming up next and a whole lot more. We'd love to see you at the decoy. We're here in the I-10 Bunker Hill area. Also, uh, Game On will follow us from 6 to 7. So Barry and Jerome will be in the building. So you guys should be in the house like Chewy and Dre and, and CC and everybody else that's here. We'd love to see it. Much more coming up on the Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, two five FM.
0: ESPN. So many bad takes on sports. What do you do with all of them? Only there is something in your head to control the things you say. Well, the killer bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over for all eternity. eternity. What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. Head
1: back on the Killer Bees. You know how we do it on a Thursday. It's Bad Take Boulevard, and that normally means that there are some people out there in this world that just can't get four out of two and two. And when they try to put it all together, it's something that we like to share with you and have a lot of fun with. Barry Lamanek in for Jeremy. Jeremy's back tomorrow. Joe's back in the studio. Joe, mm, this first one. Hmm. Yeah, It seems like I might have some interest in this one.
4: Yeah, this first one. So, uh, BZ Money, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll give you our Super Bowl picks. We'll we'll decide as a show what side of the game we're on, the number, the total. We'll give us some prop bets. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I took a couple days off work, and uh, I was looking at the rundown on that after AFC Championship weekend, and I was just a little baffled. I was like, the week before, I go, I, you never bet against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. He's now 10-1 in his career, 10-1 one one in his career as an underdog. Yet I find out, Joel, that Jeremy Branham and yep. Brian McDonald, while I'm yep. away, outvoted you and made the guys pick Baltimore and Lamar against the Chiefs in the AFC title game. So Jeremy and Brian are on Bad Take Boulevard, and they make the list. Joe, I
1: believe my actual quote was never bet against Patrick Mahomes getting points in the playoffs. That's why I felt like the Chiefs. So I was with you. I listened. I learned. I was willing to go that direction. I got outvoted.
4: Yeah, that's that's tough. So they make the list. Uh, the next
1: one I've got Where's here. Where's my audio guy? Where's my little audio uh,
4: guy? I, See, I'm a one-man band in here today, so I don't have the ability to do what all of it, that at
1: once. It only you say. made the list!
4: Yeah, it's here, Chris Jericho. Say. Oh um, all right, so the I next one I have here. I just next? saw this I was, uh, I was perusing uh, old takes exposed. Um, and February 5th, 2017, with 15 minutes left to go in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons tweeted 15 minutes away with a, a screenshot or a scoreboard with them leading 28 to 9. We all know how that ended. Mm. So uh, the Atlanta Falcons Twitter account, you also Huge.
1: make the list. Go ahead. What? Holy cow, Andrew! We gave him a chance. I'll do it.
3: You just made the list.
1: This is for
3: you. Oh, I'm gonna do my own. I don't want to do y'all's. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do my own.
1: This is what got you.
3: You stupid! Uh, No, I don't. Okay. Well, also, by the way, 15 minutes away. You, anyone that tells you that is lying. They just left the house, no matter what. Facts. So anytime you see. Fifteen minutes away. It's you know it's a fail. You know so you, you know the only know time it.
1: you use that. <laughs> yeah, bar time. Huh? At bar time. Yeah, bar time. I'm only fifteen minutes away. I'll be right there. hundred percent. Yeah, right. I'll
3: be right there. Fifteen minutes away. Just left.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stay up.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Joe. No, it's I'll, fine. I'll be better on the next one.
4: No, and the, okay, so last one I got here, we know it's Radio Row Week, a bunch of people doing interviews, uh, Brock Bowers, the guy that we've talked about on the show a bunch during our mock draft season stuff we've been doing, is a guy that we all would love the Houston Texans to take, maybe trade up for in the draft, so, uh, uh Brock Bowers was on with, uh, Mike Florio yesterday. And they asked him where he would want to get drafted. And, like, you guys know how it works. Most of these prospects are just going to say things like, oh, I just want to go somewhere where I can win, where I can catch a lot of passes, like a good culture fit, all that nonsense. This moron, because I'm out on Brock Bowers, out loud goes, I want to be a Tennessee Titan. So for that, Brock Bowers, you make oh, the list. No. You want to catch passes nerd. from oh, Will was, Levis?
1: He really – doing the sounder. Like, yeah, you just what, – what was uh, – that's it was not. it's it's the Bull Durham. I just you know I don't care where I go. Hopefully I can help the team. Good exactly Lord willing, everything yeah. works out in the end. Yeah, kind of thing. No, wow. he said the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah, he said the Tennessee Titans. Oh, that's a bad Brock. look. Low S Horrible look. That's awful. You want to try this again or? Yeah, I'm you?
3: gonna do it. Can I do it? I just did it, but Joe was still talking. Oh, I didn't. Sweet. I interrupted him. My bad. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. Three, two, <laughs> suck it, nerd! Mm. Nope, no. Nope. That
1: that that's wasn't. great. Thank you. Was it great? Are you going to, like, store that and use
4: it? Uh, I think we go. could use that one going forward, too. Some suck it, nerd. Suck it. We could create a whole yeah. new segment called Suck
1: It, Nerd. We'll have Barry call Oh, in. wow. I call in and do it. I'm, yeah. I'm down. Like, that's the other thing. I saw him the other day, and, and it seemed like he got it. He was doing, like, McAfee or something like that, and they asked him. They're like, hey, we've seen mock drafts where you go anywhere from 5 to 14. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And he's like, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just, you know, I just... I can't wait to get to the next level, kind of thing. And then he follows that bit of at least draft pre-draft brilliance. Stay the hell away. Go wherever you're drafted. With I want to play for Tennessee. I mean,
4: I'm fine with someone like calling their shot and, and out loud saying what team they would like to play for because it's a sign that you want to go in the top six. But Justin Herbert and the Chargers literally have a top five draft pick. Why wouldn't you say the Chargers? You want to? Because he said yeah. he know he said it's like he's from the area ish. Like so it's like it's kinda close the to the South?
0: home. He
3: looks yeah. like he'd own a hound dog. <laughs> so this might be a perfect fit. He That's does. Fair. He looks like he kinda looks like, yeah. you know, like he was conceived and born in a trailer. Like yeah, but like, it, like they were, you know, out yeah, in a kiddie pool on the on the porch.
4: Like you want to catch yeah, like, passes from Mayo Boy? A guy who yeah. eats bananas with the peels? Yeah, the like, coffee wait a wait a mayo man, thing,
1: what? and Yeah. yeah bananas the, uh, with the uh, peels. Yeah, yeah, will Le- will that? Levis eats bananas with the peel. He drinks coffee with a a crap ton of mayo in it.
3: Okay, that Fat is coffee. the whitest thing I have ever heard no, of. No, it's not the mayo. The mayo is the drink. Bo- all of it. That's yeah. well, you know what? This they would make a. Brock, Brock Bowers looks like he would he would dunk bananas in the peel in coffee full of mayo. That's <laughs> what he looks like he would do. But
1: why would? It's, that's a the that's thing a is, is e- and even if you wanted to play for the Chargers, why would you piss off the other teams in the draft that might team that might be trying to trade up to get you until you know where you're going? Shut up. Well, but, I mean, honestly, he knows he's so good.
3: Somebody could be like, well, we're not drafting him now. No way.
1: Well, remember CJ said that he thought the women in L.A. were a lot better than the women in in Houston. You know what I've learned? CJ Stroud has a
4: lot of bad takes. He better keep being a good quarterback
0: he's
3: not like uh, did you just put cj stroud yeah, you really take boulevard you, man, suck it here,
4: here's the thing like going on podcasts like cj needs to stop doing interviews because if he stops being a bad quarterback he we're gonna turn on him this guy's going out there saying bryce young's a good quarterback what are you doing cj like he he straight up blamed the wide receivers and he's like bryce young's still good watch the tape we watched the tape cj bryce young's well, not good uh,
1: He's, you know what he's doing. He was, he's Bryce Young was the, good enough to beat the Texans. He's
3: planning for the future, and he's being nice to his future
1: backup. Well, that's you, can, what he's but doing. But, but kind of what Joe's saying is, but at the same time, every time he pumps up Bryce Young, it makes him look even better. Because no matter how good Bryce Young is, they know he's the better of the two quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, like I, 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 love C.J. Stroud, but he has to keep winning. Like the, he did, he did this interview with Ryan Clark, like, and that's where we talked about the Bryce Young stuff too. The, the arrogance that this guy has, it, it is, like, I want to love C.J. Stroud forever. But the what? whole interview is, like, they don't know that I got that dog in me. that When I get on the field, I'm just a he different kind of person. Line. And I'm like, C.J., like, please stop What's doing interviews. What's wrong with that? I don't yes, know. Joe? I don't you're, know. You're,
3: you're just now, that you're being petty. There's nothing wrong. What would you rather him say? Like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of scared to go out there. No, I, I just think just, it's so corny. It's so I corny. I like we punt on first down. Like, no, it's not corny. I, I do think it was corny when he was like, they were like, are you adjusted to now, you know, the season's over? And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stop and smell my flowers. It was like, what? That that sounded like a euphemism for something else, first mm-hmm. of all. That was weird.
4: I, I, just don't, I-, I don't love C.J. Stroud podcast interviews.
1: I feel like he's... He's I think he has too road. much freedom. I think you're right. I think that like when you take all the the the, the padded ra- the guardrails off and let him go, like he goes. Like I think at the podium, obviously the PR staff is is kind of coaching him up on his way up there, and he knows how to handle like the media questions. But when he knows like no filters. It is kind of a danger zone.
3: But yeah. do you blame him? I mean, look what he's done. I, I I'd probably be this out one there. year, Barry. I don't care. Look, the, the yeah. kid was
1: a top five quarterback in the NFL his
3: first year. I know, Barry. Stay you're hungry,
1: like, stay humble, dog. Like you don't Come go on, on a man.
4: podcast interview and trash the women of Houston or say Tex-Mex isn't good. Like yep. those are bad takes.
3: Yep. Okay. Well, I've seen a lot of women in Houston. Well,
4: he's not totally wrong about that one, but like I was, thinking, I was thinking more like you're gonna trash Houston's food. Like, what are you
3: doing? Yeah, that, that's a yeah, that's a really bad take that, that that Houston Tex-Mex is not good. But I mean, are I'll you say,
1: crapping on the women? Houston? I'll
3: just say, you know, maybe our women have lost their fastball a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I
1: and, and all you're gonna see now. Hey, is it's straight not it's change. not it's
4: not San Antonio. Like, but like it's fine. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> Thanks, wow. Charles.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it's not. It, but look, man, I feel like uh, the, the, the ladies in this town, uh, they,
1: they've lost a step. You're saying that because you're married now, too.
3: Oh, that has nothing to do with it. If I still thought the women here were hot, I'd tell you that. I'm not saying there's not hot women in Houston, okay? I'm just saying that I don't know if the numbers are the same anymore. I think that's fair. A lot of them moved. It yeah, got too hot. It melted all their plastic work. They had to get
1: out of here. I get that. The med center does some of the finest work on the planet. Well, okay. I'm just saying.
2: It ain't Miami,
1: but. I mean, like.
3: Now,
2: he did. He is spoiled if he's
1: talking about L.A. Because yeah. L.A., everybody's trying to be famous.
3: Yeah, they got more plastic surgery spots than Starbucks out there. That's an yeah. that's easy one. But I, I don't know. I think you're being too critical of the kid, Joe.
1: All right, well, we got plenty more to get to. We're going to take a quick break, come back with a whole lot more. Almost done with our number two, but it always includes you. That means there's plenty more to get into right here on the Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM.
0: Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the decoy, and your favorite drive-time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. Jeremy
1: out today, back tomorrow. My good friend Barry Laminate sitting next to me, along with Andrew Carlson, here at the decoy, where people are actually playing whatever you call it when you play volleyball with your feet, and it's rather impressive that they are actually good at it. Barry said it's called hacky sack. Yeah. No, pretty sure that's with a beanbag, but Okay. Uh, but the, the, the decoy is a great place to be. Crystal Collins is here. Chewy is here, not paying a lick of attention to us, but getting free electricity. Dr. Dre 290 is now on I 10. Uh, and the, the complexity in the puzzles continue. Is, is
3: that what you say when someone
1: hangs out? Oh, bro, he's down here siphoning off this electricity. Have you seen? Just getting have free. Have you seen that he is literally about eight feet away and has the extension cord to make sure he's getting power? That's what I would say when he's stealing electricity. He's not stealing. He bought a water. He's got a gaming <laughs> headset on. He's probably not even listening to us. He's, He's talking, talking about. Okay, <laughs> just for that. We got some text. Um, oh, don't read any. 2128 says the Tex-Mex is the reason the women here have lost their fastball. Thank you. <laughs> that
3: genius. Oh. That guy. I don't know who that is.
1: Oh, so you like that one, huh? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so I'm then how about I this one? Of that. that's Joe brilliant. said I should have saved it for mean text. Not sure who was talking there, but... My bet is he's fat and balding and has no business calling out the way women look in Houston.
3: Stop reading my diary, jerk. That's true. All, that's, I actually, all that's a fact.
1: I, I actually did them a solid two. Was that
3: another one of your texts? No, 3616.
1: Six. If I read it exactly how they were there, texted were there, it. Were
3: there, were there curse words in it?
1: No, not sure who is talking right now, but my bed as he's oh. fat and balding, and has no business. Ha-ha,
3: you're dumb. You spelled it bed and not bet. Go back to school, nerd. You got to
1: remember Houston getting all the fat, ugly California girls that couldn't make it in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Again, well said.
3: Yeah, see? Okay, so I got one guy that can't spell that didn't like the take. I'm good. I like my odds here.
1: And then... Joe, something that you don't want to hear that you someone lay your suggested. Bit, you got a lie in it. Someone said, "Well, what if CJ what does CJ think about Houston's massage therapist?" Not something we Ooh. need on a podcast or anywhere else. Ouch. Yes, we can just Are you asking me not to address this one? <laughs> <laughs> Joel's like,
3: "Just mm. let's we're having a good thing here." So, so Nick, Nick Saban, Saban by the way.
1: <laughs> Nick Saban okay, the Coach, maybe the greatest college football coach or one of the greatest college football coaches no, in the maybe, history of right? college football. He is, right? No, not wins-wise. No, he's not. Is nope. there a maybe? No, there's. he's behind two. He's behind Joe Paterno. Oh. He's behind, I believe, Bear Bryant. You're going to say Joe Paterno is better
3: than Nick Saban?
1: Uh, statistically, wins-wise in Division I.
3: That wins, that's... What are we talking about, wins?
1: Like touchdowns and Super Bowls for Andre Johnson? Is that what we're going to do here? No,
3: I just feel like Nick Saban goes down as the greatest, the GOAT.
1: So here's where he's not going to be the greatest. Okay. He's joining, in my opinion. He's joining College Game Day, okay? I don't think Tom Brady should be an analyst because I think Tom Brady is I, – I, I'm going to say this. And everybody says, oh, he's strong on Twitter. It's easy on Twitter because there's no immediate feedback and you're you not doing it on live television. I don't think he is going to be critical of players – when he does analysis, but I think even more so, Nick Saban in the booth is going to be like sticking an extension cord in Lee Corso and hoping he has more energy. Oh wow! I don't. I think Lee, wow. Lee Corso lost his fastball with age. I think Nick Saban he had a stroke. Uh, no, I'm saying, and I love Lee Corso, but I think that obviously he was there for he had a good long run. But Not I think so fast, my friend. Yes, with the pencil, but and the mascot heads. But I think that when you put Sabin in there, I just can't see him being critical and willing to call out mistakes and things that aren't good. Aren't, aren't Sabin has the
3: personality of a cardboard box. So that's the concern more than anything is, like, do you want to do you want to listen? I feel like Saban talking is like listening to paint dry. It's just I don't want to listen to that. I, that's why I like about Tony Romo is he's telling you things. What's the saying?
1: Drier than a popcorn? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I can
1: say it or not, so I stopped.
3: Why can't you? You used to say uh, it for four years straight. Well, I used to do it to you, too. But. <laughs> but, I mean, Saban, he doesn't have a good personality. He's not likable. And it just, like, like Brady, somebody said something about Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Brady's good on Twitter and social media. And everybody's good and funny when you have people writing for you. When you have a team that's helping create your yep. content. Yep. But when somebody puts a mic in your face, now, not that they don't know the game, but... Well,
1: you're preaching on this because you're living it, because you come up with your own stuff and you're creative, but a, a ton of people get credit for what comes out of the horse's mouth when they don't, we're not, they're not doing the, the, the feeding of the hay and the cleaning up of the crap. Absolutely. And, and I think that's why when you look at this and you say, look, if I gave you guys three options and I said, who's going to be better if and or when they do TV, Belichick, oh, Sabin, or Brady? I'm not watching football.
3: Huh. I'm, gonna go I mean, watch, I'm gonna go watch it. Watch you, you can the the volume down. volleyball instead. I'd rather yeah, those three just no I thanks, think of the man. three, Brady has the best chance Absolutely. to succeed. Now, if I made you choose
1: between Brady and Gronk, are you a Gronk fan? God Bra he's awful. He's Gronk, Gronk is terrible. Here's the thing. Their feet like to your point, every time he's in the studio. They are feeding him stats to say to yeah. make him look smart. Yeah. And he still finds a way to teeter on the fact that I don't think he's so smart. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah.
3: You don't think Gronk is smart? Gronk play football.
1: My daughter's taught me not to use the S word, but I don't think he's very smart. Oh, you can't you can't say stupid? Right. I mean. Yeah, that's the S word to them. Oh. They're taught that in school now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. We're I'm in just trouble. So yeah. You, you, I don't I mean, know if Joe, Joe's gotten to that point yet. Did, did
3: I just get dumped for saying Gronk is stupid? No, okay. I don't think
1: so. I was say, wow. No, but I'm saying Joe's got a young one, too, and when he gets going, oh. yeah, you're going to find out the fact that in school S, the new S-word is stupid.
3: That's soft. See, this is this That's is an S-word, too. Not just the one put this on the list, and, and it's not even a list now. It's a book. It's a spiral-bound notebook of reasons why I don't want kids. Right there. That's another one. Like, like, you can't even call somebody stupid when
1: you're six. Come on. That's the best part. Well, but, okay, so, Joe, you got any input? Like, like of the three, I think Brady has the best chance to actually be decent. But, like, I never want to see Belichick in the booth because, you. you yeah. first of all, you're, no one's going to believe him because of how grumpy, crowdgity, and short he always was at his press conferences. And from Saban's point of view, like, I just – I just don't – he's another one of those grumpy, crotchety, great ones that you put him in the booth and expect him to be entertaining and give you, like, nuggets? I don't.
4: Yeah, but Saban's the one that I, I don't believe in at all. Um, I was actually watching this clip earlier from Brady. He was doing a podcast with Steve Young. My yeah. My issue with Brady is that, like, it seems like he's going to be good at it, but he's too, like, get off my lawn – Already, Like, everything he talks about is how bad football is. How The one I saw today was how the quarterbacks don't know how to play the game. And, like, he's trying to explain it. But, like, for someone like me, even like who I I feel like I have a pretty solid knowledge of football, the things he's saying, like, they're not going to translate on television. Like, it's just going to sound like a bunch of big words that, like, we don't really, like, yeah, Lance is going to love it. But, like, is anyone else at the station, or is he just going to be spewing nonsense, it's going to okay, seem like? It's,
3: it's, it's a good point, because that's that's what makes Tony Romo so great and so likable. Right.
1: Is he's no, right, but, but, but here's he the tells thing. you, but he doesn't he, – he, he tells you, he doesn't talk at you. But here's the thing. And that's important. I was just going to say, he's going to be the anti-Romo, and people are going to love it, because Romo has – the shtick is worn off. People loved well, he, it when he was initially – and we've had this conversation before, Joe and, and Jeremy and I – it used to be like this newfangled way of doing broadcasting when he would tell you what the play was before it happened, and he would explain, you know, how the RPO was going to be used here. But now, probably because he also got big for his britches, and they say he doesn't do nearly the work, people are getting tired that he's turned. He's got more Clyde in him than he does newfangled broadcasting. Oh, <laughs> Jim! And you're like, what did you just give me that I did? I couldn't have done with the volume down. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, we've, as I say, we. Unless the, the NFL public. tries to shut Brady down, I think people are going to love the fact that Brady's not afraid to be critical of the sport that he played and succeeded in. Uh, as long as he's not talking about your team. People get ultra sensitive about that. I was just talking about how I love Kyle
3: Grant, yeah. and somebody was like, he's a D bag. I was like, why? He's like, because he talks bad about the Chiefs. I'm like, you need to get a life, sir. That is weird that that's how you would judge the man because he didn't say something nice about your team. Like, people get overly sensitive about that. I just, I for me, like, I watch the games. I just want to be entertained while I'm watching it.
1: That's that's why I like the but main isn't, cast. But, but, like, that's the difference between the NFL over-policing and the NFL going, look, he ain't wrong. If he's going to criticize the quarterback you play. You think they over-police it now? Oh, I think that they do. I I, I think in any league, I, I, I lived it in the NBA. No matter how much you think you're right, and maybe you are, if it, if it, if it tarnishes the brand, whether the team does it to me or the league does it to me, they will speak up. Yeah, well. All right, let's go. Wow. You know, two of the books, one to go, one hour left of the show. So we've got plenty more to get to, and we'd love you to be a part of it. 713-780-3776. Chime in on Belichick, Brady, or Saban. Chime in on if you were happy the Rockets stood pat during the trade deadline or anything else you got that you got planned that maybe isn't on our agenda, we'll work it into the conversation. He's Joe back at the studio. Andrew here keeping us on the air. Barry and I, one more hour to go, 60 minutes on the clock, back in just a few right here on ESPN two five FM.